Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Becoming the Journey. This show will be a series of conversations that will inspire listeners along their life's journey. This show's mission is to cultivate a community of mentorship by sharing our experiences and our life's journey. Nobody's journey is a straight line. So no matter where you are in yours, this show is for you. Meet Grace LaVray. Hi, hi, listeners. This is Becoming the Journey. And we're about conversations with my guests whose thoughts, experiences, and opinions on topics they are most informed about hopefully will resonate with my listeners. You can contact us on Instagram at Becoming the Journey or by email at becomingthejourney at gmail.com. I would like to know what you're thinking, what you're struggling with, in order to open up a dialogue. I welcome all views and all journeys. My guest today is Cindy Gallup. Cindy spent the better of 30 years in marketing and advertising. She started up the U.S. office of the ad agency Bartle Bogle Hegarty, in New York in 1998, and in 2003 was named Advertising Woman of the Year. I think it's accurate to say that she was a disruptor in the advertising world. She is an outspoken advocate of diversity and inclusion and has partnered with AARP on an initiative to challenge and change ageism. However, today we are going to be talking sex tech, the social sex revolution that Cindy calls Make Love Not Porn, where she imagines a world in which no one feels guilt, shame, and embarrassment around sex. Welcome, Cindy. Thrilled to be here. (laughs) Thrilled to have you. So just for the listeners, what does that mean, make love not porn. Sure. So um, the, the important thing um, to stress, um, Grace, is that um, Make Love Not Porn is not um, anti-porn. Our tagline is, we are pro-sex, pro-porn, pro-knowing the difference. And the reason Make Love Not Porn came into being is because I date younger men. Um, they tend to be in their 20s. And about 14, 15 years ago, I realized through my own personal experience uh, with those younger men that when we don't talk openly and honestly about sex in the real world, porn becomes sex education by default in not a good way. And as a naturally action-oriented person, I decided I want to do something about this. And so 13 years ago, I put up on No Money a tiny clunky website at makelovenotporn.com that in its original iteration was just words. The construct was porn world versus real world. I had the opportunity to launch Make Love Not Porn at TED in 2009. My talk went viral as a result, and it drove this extraordinary global response to my tiny website that I had never anticipated. 
thousands of people wrote to me from all around the world and I realised I'd uncovered a huge global social issue. And so that was the point at which I went, oh my God, I now have a personal responsibility. I have to take Make Love Not Porn forwards in a way that will make it much more far-reaching, helpful and effective. But I also saw an opportunity to do what I believe in very strongly, which is that the future of business is doing good and making money simultaneously. I saw the opportunity for a big business solution to this huge untapped global need. And I use the word big advisedly because even 13 years ago at concept stage, I knew if I wanted to counter the global impact of porn as default sex ed, I would have to come up with something that at least had the potential one day to be just as mass, just as mainstream, and just as all pervasive in our society as porn currently is. And so what I did was, um, you know, um, the issue isn't porn, the issue is that we don't talk about sex in the real world. And so to make it easy for everyone to talk openly and honestly about sex, I took every dynamic in social media and applied them to this one area of universal human experience that no other social network or platform will allow. And so I turned Make Love Not Porn into the world's first and only user-generated, human-curated social sex video sharing platform. So we're kind of what Facebook would be if it allowed you to socially, sexually self-express, which it clearly doesn't. Um, the way to think about it is, if porn is the Hollywood blockbuster movie, Make Love Not Porn is the real-world documentary. We're a unique window onto the funny, messy, loving, beautiful, comical, awkward, hilarious sex we all have in the real world. And so that's why we call ourselves the social sex revolution. The revolutionary part is not the sex, it's the fact we're making it social. So that's in the real world, but people find it difficult to talk about sex in, in a group setting, no less communicating it to their partner, whoever that may be. Do you find that this video sharing, which is not porn, but it's people having loving contact uh, and communicating during that loving contact, do you find that people become more open about this idea? Um, absolutely. Um, so, so the reason, Grace, that our mission is this very simple thing, make it easy to talk about sex, is because it's really important that um, we, we do that in two areas. I mean, first of all, we exist to make it easy to talk about sex in the public domain. And by that I mean parents to children, teachers to schools, everyone to everyone. But even more important is that we make it easy to talk about sex openly and honestly, privately, in your intimate relationships. And the reason that's so key is you know, because we don't talk about sex, it is an area of rampant insecurity for every single one of us. We all get vulnerable when we get naked. Sexual egos are very fragile. So people therefore find it bizarrely difficult to talk about sex with the people they're actually having it with while they're actually having it. Because in that situation, you're terrified that if you say anything at all about what is going on, if you comment on the action anyway at all, you will potentially hurt the other person's feelings, you'll put them off you, you will derail the encounter, 
you'll potentially derail the entire relationship, but at the same time, you want to please your partner. You want to make them happy. Everybody wants to be good in bed. Nobody knows exactly what that means. And so you will seize your cues on how to do that from anywhere you can. And if the only cues you've ever seen are in porn, because your parents never taught you about sex, because your school didn't teach you, because your friends aren't honest, those are the cues you're going to take to not very good effect. And so um, um, at Make Love Not Porn, um, not only do our social sex videos role model, um, people having wonderful communication during sex. We have, a, we have a hashtag for those of our videos um, we call chatty, which are the ones where if you want to see how easy it is to communicate during sex, you can watch those videos. But also what we love is that in the 10 years we've been operating, we've heard from so many people telling us about communications breakthroughs um, that we have instigated. Um, so, for example, you know, many couples tell us that watching our social sex videos together made it a whole lot easier for them to talk about sex and their own sexual relationship. You know, one couple said to us, you know, b because what we're doing is socialising and normalising all of this, bringing sex out into the sunlight, they said, you know, it feels as natural to talk about what we watch in your videos as we talk about things we watch on Netflix or on television. And from there, it's a very short step to being able to talk much more normally and naturally about our own sexual relationship. And then, you know, um, parents tell us that just being members of our community at Make Love Not Porn has made them feel to be more open with their children about sex in order to educate them. And so we absolutely both role model the ability to communicate, you know, during sex and around sex, and we stimulate and inspire, you know, better communication and conversations about sex in the real world. Do you feel when it's partners, and we'll talk about partners, and, and partners could be two men, two women, female, male, doesn't matter. Um, do, you, do you find that when it comes to sex, we are individually not confident with ourselves? Um, to, um, absolutely, um, you know, and, and that's for a variety of reasons. And uh, and again, this is very much, um, you know, what I designed Make Love Not Porn to solve. Um, so, for example, a very important part of what we do that tackles precisely lack of confidence is our social sex videos are enormously reassuring because we celebrate real world everything. We celebrate real world bodies real-world hair, real-world penis size, real-world breast size, real-world vulvas. And the reason that's so key is because you can talk body positivity all you like. You can preach self-love till you're blue in the face. At the end of the day, nothing makes us feel great about our own bodies, like seeing people who are no one's idea of aspirational body types getting turned on by each other desiring each other, having a wonderful time in bed. In a world where every day popular culture sends all of us messages that tell us you are not hot, sexually attractive and desirable unless you are this skinny, six pack abs, you look like this. Our members write to us and say, you made me feel so much better about my own body. 
One man wrote and said, my girlfriend and I now feel able to be more open and central with each other because you made each of us feel better about our own bodies. And then what I think is also very important is, you know, um, a, a woman left a comment on one of our videos saying, you know, this, watching this video made me feel more powerful in my own sexual agency. Thank you for this gift. And so in an area of life where, as I said, we are all insecure, you know, people gain confidence from, you know, seeing all of the wonderful real world people making love in our videos. They gain confidence from seeing that it's okay to ask for what you want, to be open about your needs. And, you know, all of that um, gives people much more confidence in bed. Combined with, Grace, what is also really interesting is, so our contributors, whom we call our Make Love Not Porn stars, you know, these are everyday people who've chosen to share their real world sex on Make Love Not Porn. They tell us that doing that is transformative for them and their relationships. So, so we have many solo videos on Make Love Not Porn where men, women, trans, non-binary people have basically shared this very intimate act. And by the way, often for the first time ever, the vast majority of our Make Love Not Porn stars had never filmed themselves doing anything sexual before ever. They, they're doing it for us because they believe in our social mission. And, and so our solo Make Love Not Porn stars tell us that doing that made them love themselves more. It enhanced their sexual sense of self, their sexual self-esteem. Couples tell us that sharing their real world sex on Make Love Not Porn transformed their relationship. Because when you decide to film yourselves having sex, you have to talk about it. And when you talk about it, it doesn't matter how long you've been together, the conversation goes places it's never ever gone before. Couples write to us and say, we thought we were open. Doing this just took our relationship to a whole new level, which is wonderful to hear. What happens if one part of that couple is much more open and the other half of that couple is not as open? And, and, and at what point does sex therapy come in as an added to make love not porn? Mm. No, that's a great question, Grace, because effectively, you know, um, we are self-help for your sex life. And so it, 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 was, it was wonderful when um, a couple of years after we launched, um, people were writing to us and we began realizing that sex therapists and couples therapists were recommending Make Love Not Porn to their clients. And so, you know, we, we got this wonderful email from um, a woman who said she and her husband had been married for a long time, had a very healthy sex life. He then um, got, um, I believe it was prostate cancer, had surgery, and unfortunately erectile dysfunction resulted, and this was very distressing to them. And so they went to a sex therapist who said to them, there's this website called Make Love Not Porn. And so they, you know, became members and they just wrote this wonderful email to say how transformative we had been. In fact, interestingly, the wife said, our sex life is now even better than it was before the surgery. And I suspect um, that that may be because we celebrate all the wonderful ways you can have a good time without needing to have penetrative sex. And so, 
you know, to, um, I mean, I, I mean, obviously, um, with our Make Love Not Porn stars, um, any couple, you know, sharing their real world sex on our platform, both of them are equally happy to do so. Um, but um, but th that in itself, you know, watching our videos can be therapy for so many people. And and, and we hear, um, um, you know, a couple of other you know examples of of use cases that I honestly didn't um, contemplate when I designed this. You know, I remember a woman wrote to us to say that she had had breast cancer. You know, she'd had to have a mastectomy. She had been feeling really bad about herself, her body, her sexuality. Then she discovered us. And, and we just helped her absolutely reconnect with her body and her sexuality and feel so much better. And then we also hear, and again, this is something I never envisaged when I um, came up with this concept. We hear from survivors of rape sexual assault, sexual abuse. We hear from, you know, female survivors, male survivors, trans non-binary survivors, who tell us that Make Love Not Porn help them reclaim their bodies. We help them feel able to be sexual again in a context where porn is obviously way too triggering in that scenario. And in fact, several of our Make Love Not Porn stars um, tell us that, you know, they, they have um, sexual abuse um, in, in, in their histories and socially sharing their real world sex in a completely safe space has helped them to process that trauma and heal from it, which is just wonderful to hear. But isn't sex not just about the body? I mean, it's, it's, there's an element there where it, it's got to encompass confidence in your body and your mind. You have to be present and there in your mind. I mean, I think the days of slam bam, thank you ma'am, are, are, are over when it comes to this particular sexual revolution, but there are a lot of incidents like that. And um, I just, isn't it that your mind and body has to kind of sink when you're having a really true, good, natural um, sexual encounter? Oh my God, Grace, absolutely. And, and so that again is a key part of what we do that is utterly unique. So at Make Love Not Porn, we celebrate real world emotion, love, intimacy, feelings. And the reason that's so important is, you know, all around us in popular culture, movies, TV, streaming, we see many creative narratives and expressions of relationships but we never see the actual sex. On Make Love Not Porn, you see the actual sex, but you also see the relationships. Because in our videos, those two things are indivisible. And by the way, I don't just mean that in our many coupled, partnered, threesome, etc. videos, you see wonderful, loving, as you say, mind-body syncing, you know, healthy relationship dynamics within the sex. In our many solo videos, you see what it's like in those videos to have a healthy relationship with yourself with your own sexuality, your own genitals, your own body. And what I find interesting is, so I designed Make Love Not Porn to be fully gender equal, diverse and inclusive. Um, and we are, our members and our Make Love Not Porn stars represent every part of the you know, human sexuality spectrum. But what is interesting is that we are especially a revelation to men. And that's because we are something utterly unique that men will find nowhere else on the internet, which is a safe space where men can be and watch other men being open, emotional, and vulnerable around sex. 
you wouldn't believe the number of men who write to us and say, I just watched my first video on Make Love Not Porn and afterwards I cried. I picked up this lovely Twitter exchange um, some months back um, where between two men, where one man had tweeted as a joke, he went, um, hey guys, I've got this really weird fetish. I've got this kink where I want to watch porn where people are honest, loving, loyal, decent, and really like each other. Hit me up with your hottest links, please. And a man replied to him and, and said, there's this website called Make Love Not Porn where you can watch real couples making love. He said, I saw a video where the woman said to her man, I love you, while they were making love. He said, sincerely, I cried when I heard that. And, you know, Grace, I mean, I wish society understood the opposite of what it thinks is true. Women enjoy sex just as much as men, and men are just as romantic as women. Yet neither gender is allowed to openly celebrate that fact, and we'd all be a whole lot better off if they were. You often talk about bad behavior in bed, good behavior in bed. Is that learned behavior? I mean, I know your generation, you know, was raised differently, and, and maybe not, I don't know, but, you know, my parents didn't talk about it, and, and I'm sure their parents didn't talk about it. Um, and so we all learned this kind of behavior that it should be done behind closed doors, you don't talk about it. So, so what is what is good behavior in bed? Absolutely. So, so, you know, I designed Make Love Not Porn around all of my own beliefs and philosophies. One of which is that everything in life starts with you and your values. And so I regularly ask people this question, what are your sexual values? And nobody can ever answer me because we're not taught to think like that. Our parents bring us up to have good manners, a work ethic, sense of responsibility, accountability. Nobody ever brings us up to behave well in bed, but they should. Because in bed, values like empathy, sensitivity, generosity, kindness, honesty, trust, respect are as important as those values are in every other area of our lives where we're actively taught to exercise them. And so, you know, this is my vision of a world where I get Make Love Not Porn funded to achieve this mission at scale. When that happens, here's, here's the world we'll live in. Parents will bring their children up openly to have good sexual values and good sexual behavior in exactly the same way that parents currently bring kids up to have good values and behavior in every other area of life, we will therefore cease to bring up rapists. Because the only way that you end rape culture, and by the way, this really is the only way, is by embedding in society an openly talked about, promoted, operated, and very importantly, aspired to gold standard of what constitutes good sexual values and good sexual behavior. When we do that, we will also end Me Too. We end sexual harassment, abuse, violence, all areas where the perpetrators currently rely on the fact that we do not talk about sex to ensure victims never speak up, never go to authorities, never tell anybody. 
When we end that, we massively empower women and girls worldwide. When we do that, we create a far happier world for everybody, including men. And when we do that, we are one step closer to world peace. I talk about Make Love Not Porn as my attempt to bring about world peace, and I'm not joking. Let's talk a little bit about porn addicts, though. There are still and may always be men or women, don't know, that are porn addicts and they will never see that light, they will never, and there will always be people that will not talk about sex. Um, Do you think that the younger generation will break that cycle? Do you think porn addicts will go away? Do you think they will still exist? I've got a few different responses um, to, to that question, Grace. So first of all, um, I will just say that um, you know, I, I'm, 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 I'm one of those people who does not subscribe to the concept of porn addiction as an addiction. And, and by the way, you know, um, it, it is not a you know, scientifically validated um, addiction in, in terms of the you know, um, health guidelines that, that state these things. And the reason I say that is because in 13 years of working on Make Love Not Porn, you know, I, I have received thousands of emails, thousands of comments, had thousands of conversations. Um, I have seen every day for 13 years the enormous human unhappiness and misery caused by the guilt, shame and embarrassment that we've imbued sex with. Half the problem is the guilt, the shame and the embarrassment. And, you know, an indicator of how, you know, messed up we are around this area is, I remember many years ago, a journalist um, wanted to interview me about porn. And he began the interview by saying to me very earnestly, so Cindy, why why is it, do you think, that we like to watch people having sex? And honestly, I just burst into laughter. I rolled around the floor in hysterics. I said, of course we enjoy watching people having sex. We're all sexual beings, that's why. And so, and, and so, you know, to, um, uh, half the problem, as I say, is making people feel guilty about that. Now, um, to your question, um, Gen Z, undoubtedly, um, is a whole different generation. And, and far more open about sex, which is wonderful. So, um, so yes, and, and by the way, Gen Z loves Make Love Not Porn and when they encounter it, um, because it absolutely plays into that. And then, um, and, and in fact, it's interesting because, you know, I'm talking to investors at the moment and I am talking to some next gen, you know, family officers where, where Gen Z within, within the family absolutely gets it. Um, but um, he, here's, here's the thing about porn. So I get frustrated when people use the word porn like it's all one big homogenous mass. That's like using the word literature to say it's all the same thing. The landscape of porn is as rich and infinitely varied as the landscape of literature, just as many genres, subgenres. And but the, but the really unfortunate thing, uh, and, and most people don't realise this, is that the porn industry is currently dominated by a massive monopoly that would not be allowed to exist in any other industry. But nobody wants to bring antitrust legislation to the porn world, so the porn industry is dominated by a company called MindGeek, who own everything. MindGeek owns Pornhub, YouPorn, RedTube, you know, all of the big tube sites. And, and the problem is the same as the problem with a monopoly in any other industry. MindGeek's stranglehold on the porn industry stifles 
individual creative vision, disruption and innovation. Because I have a number of um, female queer pornographer friends who are making really wonderful, very different, innovative, creative porn. They cannot get the revenue, the traffic, the numbers they deserve because nobody can find them and, and no, nobody knows about them. And so, you know, to, um, the, um, the, the, the key to the future of, you know, to, um, a, a much healthier um, world around all of this is to break that monopoly um, and also um, to bring gender equality to it. Because, you know, so again, I regularly get called up by journalists going, you know, who want to interview me about, about porn, going, so Cindy, do you feel that porn objectifies women? And I will respond, I think that any industry that is dominated by men and led by men at the top inevitably produces output that is objectifying, offensive, and objectionable to women. And I will then point them to the commercial breaks in the Super Bowl. Because my industry advertising is as male-dominated and male-led, we as women are the primary target of all advertising because we are the primary purchasers and influencers purchase of everything. But we are constantly advertised to through the male lens. And so, you know, th the same thing applies in the porn industry. The day we have a porn industry that is 50-50 equally led, managed and influenced by women as much as by men, that therefore targets 50% of its output equally at women, as opposed to thinking misguidedly the men are the only audience, and that therefore, importantly, then makes 50% of its money out of women just as much as out of men. When we have that, that is the day we see a very different porn industry and very different porn. Way more creative, innovative, disruptive, healthier, a better industry overall. And by the way, Grace, the same is true of every other industry. Hollywood, movies, TV, publishing, my industry advertising, Every industry's output becomes completely different when we finally have gender equality. You are listening to Becoming the Journey on WOR 710 and on iHeartRadio. Let's continue my conversation with my guest, Cindy Gallup, and we are talking about make love, not porn. In that porn world, the word objectify, do you think, why do women allow themselves to be objectified? I mean, you can't have porn as, as most people know that word, okay, um, which you sometimes call revenge porn. When a guy watches something, it, it's usually just him watching a woman or to, to get turned on. Do you think there'll come a time where women will realize that they don't need to be objectified? Oh, well, the really depressing thing, Grace, is that um, we have no desire to be objectified. Um, we cannot avoid it. And what I mean by that is, you know, I go back to my example of my own industry advertising. The vast majority of creative directors and creators in advertising are men. And that is why every day all around us, we see ads that objectify women. And there is nothing the women in the industry can do about that. And by the way, um, you know, I've been arguing against this for many years. Um, the women in the industry do what they can. But when you are working in an industry where men have all the money, all the power, and all the control, there is very little you can do to avoid being objectified. And, you know, again, within the porn industry, the male-run, male-dominated company MindGeek owns everything. So... Um, 
it's not even you know and again I've many um, um, women friends who are who are um, porn actresses who are pornographers who are trying to create their own businesses and who are making very different sorts of porn that does not objectify anybody um, but when you have one massive monopoly dominating the industry, it's incredibly hard to break through that. And so, you know, to, um, basically, um, we are looking at the same issues that run across every industry. But th there is a solution, which, again, I've been campaigning for for many years, that would help this. So um, the one thing I didn't realize when I embarked on building Make Love Not Porn was that I and my tiny team would fight an enormous battle every single day to build it. Basically because every piece of business infrastructure, any other tech startup gets to take for granted, we can't, the small print always says no adult content. And this is all pervasive across every area of the business in ways that people outside the sphere don't realize. You know, I can't get funded, I can't get banked, I can't put payments in place, PayPal won't work with adult content, Stripe can't, mainstream credit card processors won't. I have to work with adult-friendly payment processors who, because anyone adult has nowhere else to go, charge extortionate fees. I pay out 12% of my revenue every month in payment processing fees. That's a massive business growth inhibitor. Every tech service I want to use, the terms of service say no adult content. I could go on and on. One of the biggest problems is that, you know, we are banned from advertising. I can't promote Make Love Not Porn on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, um, you know, uh, Reddit, YouTube, Google search ads, in traditional media. The answer to helping there be a very different female-driven, diversity-driven future for the adult industry and for sex tech as a whole, the answer is not to clamp down, censor, block, repress. The answer is instead to open up. Open up the dialogue around all of this, and, and this is why I'm thrilled I'm having this conversation with you on your podcast. Open up to supporting, funding, championing entrepreneurs like me who want to disrupt all of this for the better, and importantly, open up to allowing us to do business the same way everybody else does. Because when you do that, you completely transform the landscape of what is deemed adult. I like to quote um, and paraphrase in this context Wayne LaPierre of the NRA's infamous gun control quote. The only thing that stops a bad guy with a business is a good guy with a better business. That's what I'm doing. I know you've mentioned the advertising business, but what happens when the film industry portrays sex as violent or, or they show rape, they show, you know, how does that, how do, we, how do we change that dynamic? Is there a possibility that in making a film, we can actually show what you're trying to do and just show that, and, and I know we got actors here involved, but shouldn't we have more of that? Uh, yeah, um, yeah, but um, absolutely, Grace. So, so one of the things that um, you know I, I talk about publicly is that you know I am very weary of again I get reporters calling me up about this all the time being interviewed about that hoary old phrase sex sells because whenever anybody says sex sells they are only ever talking about sex through the male lens we have not even begun to see how effectively sex can sell through the female lens. 
And an example I use is I recommend to everybody that they watch the movie that is the sequel to the original Magic Mike movie, Magic Mike XXL. And the reason I recommend to everybody to watch this movie is because Magic Mike XXL, which is a movie about male strippers, it's a movie about sex through the female lens. And interestingly, the director was a man, but this is this movie is about sex from the female perspective. And sex in Magic Mike XXL is joyous, celebratory, life-affirming, intimate, moving, fundamental, profound. And so the answer is, all of this changes when we have just as many women as men heading up studios, greenlighting movies, writing the scripts, directing the movies, casting the movies, crewing the movies. Um, you know, I, um, I gave an interview some years back where I talked about the fact that I was one of the women who stopped watching Game of Thrones because of the rape scenes. And I said, you know, in that interview, if you are a male showrunner, producer, director, scriptwriter, you have no idea what it's like to be a woman watching a rape scene. And so when we have women, just as many women as men at the top of every industry, we will see a dramatic difference in female lens creativity and what that produces. And the enormous irony, Grace, is that men will be so much happier as a result. You know, um, I said earlier, you know, make love not porn is the answer to toxic masculinity. The female lens in popular culture is also the answer to toxic masculinity. Because when we have women running creative industries, not only do we see better depictions of women, we see better depictions of men. And so, um, yep, you know, um, you're absolutely right. I notice the movies and the TV series I watch where, you know, they have brought often a female lens to depicting sex in a really open, healthy, nuanced and real world way. And I'd love to see much more of that. Absolutely. Now, I know we've talked about um, partners, okay, and, and watching Make Love Not Porn and, and the, the private communication in, in the bedroom. And um, what about, and that's a monogamous relationship, what about a polyamorous relationship? Mm. I mean, some women, as you've admitted in the beginning of the show, um, prefer not having a partner but to just um, have sex or make love um, when and whoever they want to. How do you connect that way? How do you have that communication? How do you, you know, when, when that's kind of what you're doing? Sure. So, um, so um, you know, Make Love Not Porn exists to celebrate the full glorious spectrum of human sexuality. And so, you know, people share all sorts of different real-world sex experiences on our platform. Um, our, you know, the, the whole philosophy of good sexual values and good sexual behavior is, you know, in even the most casual encounter, everyone should be having a really wonderful time. And by the way, you know, research has indicated that is not the case all too often in the real world because in casual sexual encounters, men have, straight ones, that is, men have total interest in ensuring the woman experiences pleasure and women don't feel they can demand it. Um, so, um, you know, we, we, we celebrate and respect um, 
every form of you know how someone chooses to, to live live their life and and live their sex life however you know what make love not porn is really great at because we are a window onto what happens in the real world is we are a great place to see how different people negotiate and agree different relationship models so you know we have a number of make love not porn stars on our platform who you know some are in open marriages and others have you know very specific polyamorous um uh, relationships where you know we have um uh, several um throuples you know so, so th th these are threesomes um um but 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 where the threesome is isn't a committed three-way relationship and you know, the great thing about what we show is that we show you the real world negotiation and agreements that go into those sorts of models. Then, then you know, we also, um, you know, provide ideas that, you know, people seeing the, um, our videos might well want to apply in their own life. So, so, for example, we have a Make Love Not Porn star woman who is married. And, you know, as she says in the personal narrative um, that she's written to go with her, her videos, she and her husband have an agreement. You know, once a year, um, she can meet up with her high school sweetheart in a motel and have a wonderful time with him. And, and actually, those are the videos that she shares on Make Love Not Porn. Um, she and her husband don't, don't share um, their own videos. But, you know, that's a really interesting idea. And by the way, one presumes the husband has the same, you know, leeway himself. But, you know, that's something that, you know, a couple who might not want to have a fully open marriage, but might want to, you know, have some freedom to do something different, you know, that's a really interesting idea. And so, you know, we show you the many wonderful ways in which people are designing their own relationship models that make everyone involved happy in the real world. And those go far beyond the very limited number of relationship models society tells us it's okay to operate. If you had a venture guess, and we did a poll, how many women, and I'm going to say women because I think men probably already do this, but how many women do you think would love if they if they're in a relationship committed relationship would would love to experiment uh outside of that relationship so my response to that grace and, and this is based on you know um my own life experience and the women i know and come into contact with and the answer is far more than you would ever have thought and you, you know again um one of the things that I want to make Love Not, Not Porn to explode is this idea that women are not equally sexually driven as men are, um, that women do not want novelty and new experiences of sex as much as men do. Um, you know, we are absolutely equal um, in our desires, um, but obviously women suffer a great deal more when those are uncovered, you know, slut shaming doesn't happen to men. Um, and so I, you know, I couldn't give you a percentage, but I, I will say way more than anybody thinks. I think I tend to agree with you. Um, I know when, sometimes when I do a financial program, I talk about, you know, when in a relationship do you start talking about finances and a lot of people will say well you know a couple of dates three days four days five all when they start to get serious 
when does a couple start to talk about good, real, good behavior sex? Do you know, Grace, that is a great analogy because, you know, I think um, that couples should find out um, where they're at in terms of their financial values on date number one. And in the same way, um, you know, my, my vision with Make Love Not Porn when I concepted it 13 years ago was, you know, um, I designed it, you know, um, basically so that one day you might be on a first date with somebody and you'll be able to call up your profile at Make Love Not Porn on your phone and hold it out to the other person and go, this is who I am sexually. These are the good sexual values that I stand for. And so I, I honestly believe that exploring and talking about attitudes towards sexual values and behavior should happen on date number one as much as, you know, um, exploration of good values should happen on date number one in every single area because they are equally important. Um, you know, they're equally important in terms of a couple's attitudes towards money as they are about um, sex and compatibility in that context. But do you think if, if let's say, on, from a woman's perspective, if she brings that topic up on a first date, do you think that the expectation on the male would be, oh, well, I guess she wants to have sex? Um, um, I think it's all about how you broach the conversation because, honestly, you know, we, again, as a social sex revolution, we, we want to see a world where, you know, on that first date, the woman says, um, I'm a member of Make Love Not Porn. And what that means is, I'm all about being good in bed the real world sex way. You know, I, I'm all about good sexual values and good sexual behavior. And that, that is basically saying I have expectations in any sexual engagement, in any sexual relationship. Um, and it demonstrates a sense of self-agency in ensuring that you are going to get the kind of sex you want. And if that filters out men who, you know, um, aren't up for that or take it the wrong way, so much the better. Or feel all of a sudden they're being intimidated because maybe they can't perform because they don't quite understand what you're talking about because they haven't done that. They um, haven't do, opened do you know, it. They haven't communicated. Yeah. Um, do, uh, um, do, do you know, um, I... Um, uh, so, so every week we send several emails to our Make Love Not Porn community. And... Um, uh, this week, I wrote personally to our community, and I wrote an email about sexual values and why I'd, I'd created Make Love Not Porn in order to showcase good sexual values. And um, I just got this morning um, this wonderful email from one of our members. Um, to, uh, he replied to my email. He said, to be honest, this email was amazing. Thank you very much. I'm a person that has mental issues and that has always affected my sexual life badly. Especially growing as a man, which tries to put you in a box full of toxic behavior and makes you a bit distant about your own feelings and insecurities. I'm kind of starting to feel more confident, more positive about myself and being more open, which is super important during sexual life. Part of this becoming educated has been paying more attention to most of the sexual values you talked about. So I loved all the sexual values you talked about and of course we'll keep working on them. Again, thank you and wish you an amazing day. And for the right kind of man, right thinking men, that is exactly the response that any woman should be encountering um, when she talks about good sexual values and good sexual behavior. Do most men just think performance? Um, no, because um, as I said earlier, we are all rampantly insecure about sex. 
And so when the only source of information is porn, then that's what men think it's about. And that's why, again, men find Make Love Not Porn such a revelation, because we demonstrate in our amazing videos, it's about trust, it's about communication, it's about you know, letting your partner take control, um, you know, having them indicate what they like to do. You know, it's not about performance. There, 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 is no, there is no formula to have great sex. There is only you and your partner, the chemistry between you, and importantly, great communication to make sure that at the end of the day, it's an experience that both of you or all of you are enjoying. Part of what you're saying, the, the communication, the trust, the behavior. Um, I, I just want to mention, though, that you know, women do experience sexual dysfunction, men as well, um, and that what what you're what you're giving us doesn't take away from getting help in that area because, and that's a whole different show. But um, I'm right in that, correct? Oh, I mean, yeah, no, absolutely. Although I will just say, Grace, that, um, you know, often, you know, a woman who feels she's sexually dysfunctional is with, you know, a partner who is not doing the right things, um, often because they may only be doing what they see in porn. Um, you know, I actually said this, um, I was interviewed earlier this year for a documentary that's being made about Viagra. And the director interviewed me about Viagra and said, you know, so what do you think about Viagra? And I, I went, quite frankly, um, I don't think it's necessary um, because there are many ways you can enjoy yourself and your partner can enjoy themselves that do not involve penetrative sex. And the emphasis on Viagra just demonstrates the patriarchal male lens, you know, single-minded focus on it's all about penetration. And actually, um, you know, with Make Love at Porn, we are celebrating every possible form of non-penetrative pleasure that would, would negate the need for Viagra if only more of the world thought that way. We have about five minutes left, so I'm, I'm going to put this out there. We talked before a little bit about learned behavior and our parents not talking to us about sex and how we're opening that up. At, at what age do we actually start to bring our young children or or young adults or whatever in, into that kind of sex talk and and not as, as explicit as make love not porn but when do we really start to talk to our children about it in a good way so um you know parents and teachers have been writing to me since day one of make love not porn and and that's why i'm raising funding to build what i call the zero to 18 version make love not porn academy for sex education but, but the advice I give parents is um, twofold, Grace. So first of all, today you cannot begin talking to your child about sex too early. And when I say that, you know, I don't mean literally talk about sex. What I mean is the very first time they ask where babies come from, you know, play with their genitals, the most important thing isn't even what you say as much as how you say it. Never ever get visibly flustered or embarrassed. Never, you know, shut them up. Instead, answer them calmly, straightforwardly, honestly, and you will open up a channel of communication that will always be there for them as they get older. And then today, secondly, when you talk to your child about sex, you must at the same time talk to them about porn. And this is much easier to do than most parents think, because all you have to do is just say a version of what I'm about to give you, and you dial it up or down depending on the age of the child. So, you know, you say something like, darling, we've just talked about sex. 
And you know how together we watch movies and videos and cartoons where things happen that aren't real? Well, there are also movies and videos about sex, and they're not real either. And because of that, they can be quite confusing, so we'd rather you didn't watch them until you're older. But if anybody ever shows you something like that or you stumble across it, come and talk to us, we can explain it. That's all you have to say. But just by doing that, you've done two very important things. A, you've set up in their heads, when they stumble across porn, as they will, that it's not real. And B, you've said, come and talk to me about it. And you will want them to, because what they stumble across can be utterly traumatizing. Do you draw a distinction between the word make love and sex? Um, honestly, um, as far as I'm concerned, I think they're interchangeable. You, you want young people to know that it's not just sex, but it's that intimate chemistry kind of present mind and body. Um, I think if you just say sex, I think some people, I don't know, will tend to think of it differently. Absolutely. You know, I prefer to use the term make love personally. We just have, I think, a minute or two. Just quickly tell us why you're raising funds? Sure. So I've managed to keep Make Love Not Porn going for 10 years on just $3 million of funding. And that's an extraordinary feat, but I now want to scale to be really effective at ending rape culture globally. So I'm raising $20 million to optimize makelovenotporn.tv, to build out makelovenotporn.academy, which will be an aggregator for sex education, the global go-to hub for every sex edu educator around the world, um, to build out a messaging app called CoSensual, which is designed for completely safe, secure sexting to end revenge porn, and an ad tech um, product, which will enable brands like us who are currently banned from advertising everywhere to be able to advertise in the first instance across our platforms that make love, not porn. But, you know, because the ban on advertising is for any female lens sexual health and wellness venture, you know, menopause, menstruation, fertility, I want to be able to bring female founders and their amazing products to everybody in a way that will improve everyone's lives. So that's what I'm raising $20 million for. And if anybody listening knows an open-minded investor, send them cindy at makelovenotporn.com. Absolutely. Cindy? Thank you so, so much. I really appreciate it. You know how much I love you. And you're going to come back on. We're going to talk about a whole bunch of different things going forward. Um, thank you for tuning in to Becoming the Journey. We are on WOR 710 and iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you enjoy listening to the topics on Becoming the Journey, please follow us on Instagram at Becoming the Journey. And subscribe for free so you never miss an episode. And don't miss this one. Thank you, Cindy. Thank you, Grace. It's been an absolute pleasure. You have been listening to Becoming the Journey, hosted by Grace Lovray. Tune in weekly to hear more conversations that will inspire listeners along their life's journey. 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.